Welcome to Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents Making money moves with the finest of gents Come and pull up a seat cause we're proud to present How to make some good decisions when you're on the fence Rob and Steve gonna tell you how to do it the best Hello and welcome to another episode of Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents I'm Stephen Ellis And I'm Robert Wolfson And we are Steve and Rob The gents Oh yeah, that's right Both accurate both We're correct. also Steve and Rob True story Or Stephen and Robert That's true when my mom's mad at me, she calls me Robert. <laughs> yeah, I was or my say, wife also. Robert. Is that right, Robert Wolfson? <laughs> I don't get Stephen much, uh, but yeah, my mom, and my mom and dad would be the ones that would yeah. call me Stephen. I think that's about it. My wife does too a lot. Yeah, does it bother you? <laughs> no, not at all. Okay, it's my name. It's actually funny. I had a conversation with some friends on the weekend because Roberts. Get to Bob eventually. Yeah. I don't know what age that is because I was around a Bob and his name was Robert. Mm-hmm. And just eventually it just morphed into a Bob. But I've never been Bob. I've always just been Robert Robert. I, I'm i going to start calling you Bob, though. <laughs> like I think you're at that age. Can I start calling you Bob? I'm getting close to that age, I guess. Bobarino. <laughs> Call you Bob Bobarino. That's better. <laughs> no, I only when I'm mad at you. I'll call you, <laughs> you Bobarino. So, Bobarino. We live in Alberta, as many of our listeners know. Now that we've seen the start of the Battle of Alberta, we'd be remiss if we didn't at least talk about it a little bit. So, as many know, uh, Jason Kenney just recently stepped down as the leader of the UC. Oh no! What I we want to talk about hockey, right? That's the wrong battle, of Alberta. Oh, that's right. Not yeah. that one. Not the uh, the UCP leadership situation. So. <laughs> Lots of talk about how even on ESPN in, in America, they're showing this in their primetime network because the Battle of Alberta hasn't happened since 1991, so 31 years. Yeah. And so I even was watching, and on Twitter, George Kittle, who's the tight end for the San Francisco 49ers, was tweeting about how crazy the hockey game was up in Canada. Yeah. So lots of eyes, but definitely it's not great. It's exciting for goals, but definitely not typical playoff hockey. Yeah. Anyway, Rob could probably talk about hockey for the next two hours, but that's not what we're going to do. We're going to talk about something that a lot of people out there are seeing right now, are potentially concerned about, and that is the market volatility. Now, it's not necessarily that people are concerned about volatility, but it's what that volatility has brought with it, which is essentially a down market, right? A bear market. And... We usually only really think about volatility in down markets, even though it does exist in positive markets as well, right? It comes into focus in a down market, which is what we're experiencing right now. So we're going to talk a bit about that volatility, why it exists, what it means, and potentially how you can deal with it. So Rob, we're going to talk about what's causing the market volatility. But before we do that, maybe just give a brief sort of introduction in terms of what volatility is. Yeah, and to keep it as simplistic as possible, really market volatility is just a period when the price of an asset like a stock or a bond rises or falls in sudden and large unpredictable ways. So when you have large price action in a certain asset class, now most of the time the major stock markets are really calm and you get price movements every day on the market, but typically they're less than 1%. But however, at other times, these prices can rise or fall. As you mentioned, it can happen on the upside or the downside. Now, obviously, investors don't complain when there's upside volatility because as much as it's unusual action, you're making money, so you don't really 
get anxious or nervous about it. But it's more when prices drop suddenly. I think the old adage we always, or an analogy is a better way to say it, that we talk to clients about is markets go up the escalator, but down an elevator. And that's when it gets unsettling for investors. Yeah, Rob, that's a great analogy because when we talk about volatility in the market and we suggest that we focus more on it when the markets are down, using that elevator analogy uh, makes a lot of sense, right? We're seeing that elevator type movement on the down days, whereas the up days tend to be a little bit smoother and that escalator ride up. So Steve, right now investors' portfolios are really being challenged by a multitude of factors, geopolitics, inflation, policy uncertainty with central bankers. And all of these things can continue to affect volatility going forward, which is why we wanted to talk about it in today's episode. And also, too, both global equity and fixed income indices are down over 10% to start this year. And that's unusual as well. Typically, bonds are a place to hide and get some shelter if you have equity market or stock market volatility. But in this instance, your bonds have gone down, too. Now, an interesting stat that I found, Steve, is going back a year, so a rolling year, so not calendar year, so from where we were a year ago in May... The one-year rolling volatility of equities has seldom been higher dating back to the 1940s. And, of course, we know what happened uh, in the early 1940s. And, of course, this is reflecting concerns about where corporate profits are going, uh, the risk of potential recession. Now, while all of these uncertainties remain elevated, these periods of extreme equity market volatility typically have been short-lived and subsequently resulted in stronger one-year forward equity market returns and those can exceed 15%. So there is opportunity out there. But unlike in past instances, when both fiscal and monetary policy support have helped improve the risk appetite of investors, a resolution to the current geopolitical conflict, so obviously the war in Russia and Ukraine, is likely required at this point to stabilize the markets. Now, portfolio diversification and planning can obviously mitigate the impact of volatility and help investors achieve their long-term objectives. Those are great points, Rob. I just wanted to take a bit of a step back and talk a bit more about uh, what you mentioned earlier about both equities and bonds being down and, and that being unusual. And I think it's a product of the reason that the markets are down or one of the reasons the markets are down. And that is central bank policy and the fact that uh, the certainly the North American central banks are in the process of raising rates and trying to deal with inflation. And as most of our listeners, I'm sure, are aware when rates are going up, bond prices are going down. So we're seeing a situation where we've got a lot of other issues that are affecting equities as well as central bank policy and inflation. And then on top of that, in terms of bonds, we're seeing the the inflation and, and central bank policy have a direct impact on those prices. So there really isn't sort of anywhere to hide, so to speak. You know, that flight to safety, we haven't really seen it. Uh, oftentimes, when we have turmoil in the world, like the geopolitical issues, we see a flight to safety, and that can often mean moving to bonds. But we haven't necessarily seen that because it hasn't been a safe haven for people. So again, an unusual situation, but when you really break it down, it does actually make sense why we're seeing that phenomenon happen. So Rob, most of our listeners are aware of what's happening out there to a great extent. You know, inflation, the war in Ukraine. Uh, what other issues are we seeing that's contributing to this volatility? Yeah, as you mentioned, Steve, the central bankers are really shifting to be more aggressive at reducing inflation. One reason why inflation is so high is our continued, we've said this a lot over the past kind of year, but supply chain constraints. So I mean, they did start to ease a bit in 2022, 
early in the year, but then started to worsen again as headwinds from the war, but also COVID in China. Um, a lot of the major hubs in China, of course, we get lots of our products shipped to us from China. There's lockdowns in these major cities. And so it's just, again, exacerbating these supply chain constraints, how companies cannot get goods or parts to make products. So it's really, again, reducing the amount of goods that are out there. So driving the cost of those that are present upward. Right. And you have the central banks trying to deal with inflation, but then they're also fighting with supply chain and and things we're seeing that are out of their control to a great extent. Yeah, you're exactly right, Stephen. This trend is likely to continue for probably the next few months, especially if officials, you know, keep their hardline stance on fighting the virus, which is going to add to shipping delays, sourcing problems, and of course, costs for businesses worldwide. And of course, directly related to uh, the war between Russia and Ukraine are things like commodities, what's going to happen with sanctions, because uh, obviously Russia is a, a major oil producer in the world, but also a lot of our grains and fertilizers uh, and those types of food goods come out of uh, the Ukraine region as well. So, Rob, I think there's a lot of data points right now in terms of what's contributing to volatility. But I, I think something that cannot necessarily be overlooked is the fear factor, right? And just that investors are human beings and we tend to be fearful during these times, right? So a lot of investors out there need the markets to get a little bit of a foothold, to get some support. And we often talk about that, too, looking for some support in the markets, right, where we can say, all right investors are willing to buy here. So that fear has come out of the market. So right now, I think that there's a lot of fear in the market. And uh, so we're seeing, again, escalated volatility on the downside. And we'll talk a bit, actually, about that fear. And one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up is because when we talk about what to do in a volatile market, we often refer to that fear response and dealing with that fear response in terms of making good decisions uh, when markets are down and when they are volatile. So Rob, really what we want to get to is what do we do in situations like this, right? Let's, let's give our listeners something really tangible in terms of what to do when the markets are volatile like this, when the markets are down, when that panic and fear response is up. What are some things our listeners can do to deal with it and potentially benefit from that volatility? I think it's helpful, Steve, to reframe the volatility as an opportunity and not a risk factor. So if you take a stable asset, like, for example, you know, a dollar bill, cash or a guaranteed investment certificate where there's even value, you don't risk your capital if there's volatility in the equity markets like we're experiencing. The other assets like stocks, bonds, real estate, commodities, you do have those ups and downs and those price variability. It can be stressful for sure. We're not saying it's not stressful, but there are ways to handle that volatility because inevitably it's going to happen. Right, Rob, it is going to happen. And I think the first step in dealing with it is understanding that fact that it does happen. Markets don't go straight up and we do experience periods of volatility like we're seeing right now. So first step is, is that acceptance piece. And I think the second step is not to panic. So we often say, You know, people will say, well, what should I be doing? Sort of the first step is don't panic, do nothing, right? So first step, say, do nothing. Yeah. So the only way really to survive this is to not allow your emotions to control you. No one can control the markets. You can only control how you are going to react to it or more importantly, not react to it. So exactly to your point. 
Yeah, and I think saying doing nothing is is very general. But what it really means is don't panic, and more specifically, don't panic sell. Right? If you own good assets, right, there may be things to do, and there may be things to sell based on fundamental data or you know things that are directly affected by some of the events that we're seeing. But if it's a broad market move and you own a good stock, you own a good position, uh, you own a good company then you know you should continue to hold it if it still fits with your long-term plan right so when we say do nothing really what we're saying is just don't panic and more specifically don't panic sell so we hear all the time steve about how people want to sell and maybe raise some cash and just wait for things to get better and then get back in but the problem with that is we can't time the market and you miss a lot of the upside or quote unquote the easy money so to speak so you can sell it a low you wait for yourself to feel emotionally better, then you get back in, but then you're buying higher and you've missed the upside in between. Right. And there are some stats out there in terms of if you miss that bounce, right? And it's only usually a two or three day period of time where, and it may be longer, but it's a short, let's say it's a short period of time where if you miss those days and you're not invested in the market, you miss a significant amount of the upside of the balance that you get. I heard an analyst on CNBC, I don't remember exactly who it was, but he had said that 47 of the 50 best and worst days for that matter happen when the S&P 500 is below the 200 day moving average. So that's when we're having volatility. So we have our best up days as well as down days when the market is volatile. So you don't want to miss that upside volatility. So Rob, I alluded to it a little bit, but I think when we talk about your long-term strategy, you know, we use that term long-term investing quite often. And I think that's when it really comes into play, right? We're okay to be long-term investors when things are good, but when things uh, go go south, all of a sudden now we're not long-term investors anymore. And so I think, again, keeping in mind what your long-term strategy looks like. And a lot of people will tell me, well, I'm older now or I'm closer to retirement, so I don't have that time frame." And as we know, oftentimes these downturns are, are short-lived anyway, right? So it's not, you know, we're not necessarily when we talk about long term, uh, we can we can talk about and frame it from a long term perspective with a shorter uh, term time frame in mind. So just saying, well, this short term period of time here is going to significantly contribute to your long term strategy. That's an excellent point, Stephen. And a recent example that everyone will be able to remember because it's in our short term memory still is the spring of 2020, March of 2020, when COVID became an international global pandemic, equity markets dropped about 40% in about six weeks. It was awful. But by the summertime, we had recovered again. So if you panicked, sold out when things were going down, waited for things to get better, you missed that 20, 25% pop within the next couple months. Right. And to go back to my earlier point, not to harp on it, but your time horizon doesn't change based on what the markets are doing. And to add to that, your risk tolerance shouldn't change based on what the markets are doing either. Again, risk and time horizon sort of go hand in hand. The longer you have, the more risky you potentially could be. Again, those things should not change based on on the market. So Rob, we've talked about what not to do, right? Don't panic, sort of do nothing, so to speak. What are some of the things we can do in a volatile market, potentially to take advantage of that opportunity you referred to? It seems counterintuitive. 
because there is uncertainty, but you want to buy low. If you have capital, it's a great time to add to your portfolio. So whether you're taking existing positions that are still great businesses that are generating good cash flows, good earnings, and just averaging down, so to speak, buying more, or finding new positions to add to your portfolio. Make sure you're diversified. Listen to our last episode of Dollars and Cents with a couple of gents. You know, they always say there's no free lunch, but one way to make sure your portfolio can shelter from some volatility is be diversified. Make sure you're exposed to both equities and fixed income, uh, both domestically and geographically. But even as we started the this episode, Steve, even fixed income is down right now and still buying opportunity. So just make sure you stick to your asset allocation, your risk tolerance, and it's time to jump in. Right. Stick to the fundamentals, so to speak, right? Exactly. The tried and true. That's we right. know those things work. Sticking to a strategy, being diversified, all of those, again, tried and true strategies that have been proven to work over time. Yeah, and keep calm. And if you need help, speak to a financial advisor. That's what we're here for. We're here to, we've been through it before. We've navigated through these types of uncertainty, as you talked about earlier in the podcast as well. Markets don't go up all the time. So inevitably, there's downside and volatility. So make sure you're speaking to someone, a professional, that can help properly navigate you through these troubled times. Right. And Rob, I think it's important to note as well that you may be buying and it may not be the bottom, right? I mean, I remember 0809 buying several times all the way down and not hitting the bottom, right? Again, to your point, we're not trying to time the market. So we're not necessarily trying to find the bottom. We're trying to just find good value. So when we're looking at a position, whether it be an equity or a bond, we're looking at it and saying there's good value here. You know, the, the term it's on sale relative to where it was previously or relative to valuation metrics that we're looking at. We can look at it and say it's quote unquote cheap here and certainly cheaper than it was two months ago or a month ago, whatever the case may be, or a week ago uh, or a day ago <laughs> or an hour ago. So looking at it that way and sort of saying, okay, well, I'm getting a good quality company and I'm getting it cheaper than it was previously or a minute ago. <laughs> uh, you get the point. So to go back to Ram's point about looking at it as an opportunity, it's, it's a good time to do that if you've got some capital to deploy. So Rob, I think with that, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. I, I think, again, we don't want to overwhelm anyone with details on what volatility is. I think that's a pretty good summary of why we're seeing it. And it's not really that complicated or convoluted. It's really those headline pieces that we're seeing that's contributing to it. It's really just about how you deal with it. And I think really the most important thing is not to panic. Would you agree? 100%. Yeah. And call us. If you need help, call us. You can find our information on our website, www.ellisfinancialgroup.ca. And of course, Listen to the last episode about diversification. Right. Because that really helps in these times. Absolutely. So with that, I'm Stephen Ellis. And I'm Robert Wolfson. And we are a couple of gents. And we'll talk to you again soon. <laughs>